All right, let's get you a Chad and Zay podcast out of nowhere. So how was your weekend? Ours was a little bit complex, I gotta tell you. But we will get you some sports takes here. We just want to let everybody know that first off, we are still here. Second off, thank you so much for your patience. These unforeseen circumstances that came up over the weekend have been a little crazy, and they're being dealt with, and things are certainly way above our pay grade as far as getting dealt with. And at some point, like we always say, eh, you know, buy me a drink sometime, and we'll give you all of those details. But we are so sorry that we can't bring you the normal local shows today on this Monday. We are certainly hopeful we're able to get back to normal very very soon. So first and foremost, we want to thank all the fans for being patient with us and hanging with us. We want to thank our great partners um, and clients out there for being patient and hanging with us. And just on a personal note, I'd like to thank my coworkers uh, and the people in the building that have been working hard to tr- figure out exactly what's going on, get some things figured out, and uh, be able to bring you you know, what we normally do, which is uh, good sports talk, hopefully, to take your mind off of your stuff. So Unfortunately, sometimes we have stuff uh, like all of y'all do that in, that can interfere with things, but hopefully uh, that's going to go away pretty quickly. So uh, as soon as we can, we will get you that update. Keep on, you know, keep checking our social media uh, at the Horn ATX. Follow all the guys on social media, and we will keep you up to date. Uh, Zay and I thought it'd be a good idea just to get you a little bit of a podcast today uh, with some takes on it. So we'll do that. Some of the other shows may do that. Some of the other shows may just hang out uh, today and uh, and kind of take a day to breathe, which is understandable as well. But just know all the guys are really appreciative of everybody, not only in the past, but just the patience and sticking with us. And you know how much we love you guys uh, for listening to the shows and supporting us. So thank you so much for that. Uh, in terms of this Monday, there's a lot of stuff to get get into and uh, we'll get you some good basketball breakdowns here from Zay because we got all four of the uh, conference semifinals going on obviously in the NBA wanted to hit a couple of um, notes on other things as well as we go in I may even get you a little crap bag so uh, I will say you damn right I won't get you the normal you damn right and the music and all that until we get back in the studio but we hope everybody is having a great Monday all right let's jump into a couple things here first off tech Texas baseball taking two out of three from Kansas. What a big time series that ended up being. Uh, Obviously, Lucas Gordon getting rocked on Friday is not good news. Losing 10 to four, giving up those six runs. But the way LeBaron Johnson bounced back with the Saturday win, that's huge for Texas, getting a 6-2 win. And then for the Longhorns to get that big win in game three, seven to six, that was huge. Next up for Texas, Texas and UTA tomorrow at 6.30. And again, we are hoping uh, to have everything back to normal at that point with local shows and games and and all of that. If not, uh, you can certainly check that out on the app. Remember, uh, you can check out the Horn app, the Coke app, uh, the Bat app, and and go to the Longhorn section there like you've always done if you listen on the apps. Uh, But hopefully, we'll be able to have those on air for you tomorrow. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. All right, uh, in terms of NBA stuff, yesterday... Philly and Boston went 2-2. Philly got the win 116-115. Let's get a breakdown of that from my man, Isaiah Collier. I'm so sorry I can't see Isaiah today, but we did want to bring you some Isaiah basketball breakdown. Here's Zay on Philly and Boston. What's good, y'all? Zay Collier here. 
The Celtics and the Sixers tied up 2-2 going back to Boston for Game 5. And the story of the game, James Harden, 42 points. 45 in Game 1, 42 in Game 4. Games 2 and 3, James has been very passive. Been trying to play up to Joel Embiid, coming back, trying to get him in a groove from his leg injury. And that's failed the Sixers. That has not been the key to success. The Sixers need James Harden to be successful. They need him to be aggressive. They need him to be tough and him getting to the line, getting his floater off, getting those step back jumpers, hitting threes. That gets everybody involved. And Joel Embiid, who's not 100% right now, James Harden needs to be the number one while Embiid needs to be the number two in order for the Sixers to win. The Boston Celtics, they came back down by double digits in the second half, made some key plays to tie it in the force overtime, but they made some key mistakes in overtime. Jalen Brown, you cannot help off of Joel Embiid in that situation with James Harden standing in that corner, and he knows that. Also, Jalen Brown having that uh, first quarter that he had getting hot early for him not to take many shots in the last 17 minutes or, you know, the last part of the fourth quarter and the last part of overtime. That's a problem because he's too talented and too good to be passive. And that's going to happen from time to time when you have high caliber guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the team. Jason Tatum started to get it going. So Brown kind of took a back seat and Jason Tatum hit that huge push off three to put them up by two with the before that James Harden shot. Doc Rivers said it was a push off. He's absolutely right. That is a push off. Jason Tatum, you are not Michael Jordan versus Brian Russell. Refs, you got to make that call. They didn't, but the Sixers came through by hitting that shot. Big time game, 2-2, going back to Boston. Three-game series now. Just big time that that series is 2-2. What a fight from Philly. Great shots from Harden late. The other thing about that last shot, the pass from Embiid took Harden off of his line. That wasn't the most beautiful pass. He said it was. He said it was great pass and in rhythm and everything. Go look at that, though. He's got to lean out with his left hand, kind of get off of his line, then regather himself for that shot. That was big time. And uh, again, the issue with the Celtics and timeout, I don't understand. I do not understand what Missoula is doing. I don't know why he's not calling timeouts. How do you end up with a desperation shot from Smart twice? I don't understand that at all. All The other big game yesterday, of course, was Phoenix and Denver. Uh, Booker and Durant both stepping up with 36. Booker was 36, 6, and 12. Durant was 36, 11, and 6. And they did get some bench help. Let's get a breakdown of Phoenix and Denver from Zay. Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets. The Suns take game four to tie it up, going back to the mile high. And that's all because of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant taking the series over. Devin Booker has been absolutely amazing. He's only missed nine shots in the last two games. And he had 47 in game three and 36 
in game four. The dude is absolutely balling. And shout out to Monty Williams for making those adjustments in game three and four to get the Suns these two wins from playing guys like TJ Warren and Landry Shamit, who had a solid 19 points going five from eight from the three-point line. They're finally playing Terrence Ross from that midseason trade, getting them from the Orlando Magic. Landell has been terrific, even though Nikola Jokic gave him 55 the other night and 53, excuse me. And Jamal Murray, he's been tough, but with no Chris Paul, the Suns are playing a lot faster. So I don't know how Chris Paul's going to be, but if he comes back, he's going to have to get used to playing that up-paced tempo that you see with Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne, even though he's not scoring a crazy amount, him pushing the ball, him not allowing the defense to set up has been huge in the Suns' success in games three and four. So going back to the mile high, if you're the Nuggets, you need more out of Aaron Gordon. You need more out of Michael Porter Jr., which Aaron Gordon's having his luck trying to chase Kevin Durant around. That's tough. You're going to need more for those bitch guys. Brent Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green. All those guys have to step up because Nikola Jokic, he wants to pass the ball. He doesn't want to get 53. He kind of has that Braun type mindset. That's why his stats are always looking like triple doubles. He wants to get his teammates involved. He wants to create. He wants to drop dimes. He wants to throw crazy passes along with getting this offense going and again shout out to Monty Williams and this coaching staff for the Phoenix Suns they're not allowing him to do that like he did in games one and two so now if you're going to game five and you're Mike Malone which the Suns owner shame on him that's an absolute bogus move Nikola Jokic I don't know if you should just go be go up and try to take the ball away from fans you better be careful with that but the owner was in the wrong holding on to the ball and flopping it after Joker tried to get the ball from him. That was absolutely a joke. It is what it is. Move on. It's playoff basketball. Everybody's intense. Everybody's blood is flowing. That's what I'm talking about. I absolutely love it. But if KD and Book are going to keep getting buckets like this, which I think that's the only way they could win. They have to have over 35 points, both of them, in order for them to win. We saw that in games three and four. Can it last? I don't know. But as long as you're playing those bench guys, Guys like Landry Shaman and TJ Warren, Terrence Ross, Landell, which all those guys space the floor for Durant and Booker, they have a better chance than when they weren't playing them in game one and two. And overall, I agree with Zay on that issue with Jokic. I think all that was done that needed to be done was done. I would probably go ahead and find the owner. I know it's his building and all that stuff, but can't hold the ball like that. Uh, if it was a regular fan that did that, there's not much you could do. I don't know if I'd throw somebody out for not giving a player the ball, but um, I didn't think he went out of bounds in terms of touching Jokic. I thought that was I thought Jokic was a little off there. I'd tee up Jokic for what he did because that shove is you don't need to do that. He clearly elbowed him on purpose. But then for the owner to try to you know stop the game at that point, you're trying to hold up a basketball game. I would assume that if a Mark Cuban or somebody like that did it. Uh, that he'd be fined for it. So I'm assuming a guy that you know owns a team that did that will be fined. I would assume that you know that would make sense. 
All right, this is the Chad and Zay podcast. And again, crazy situations today. Thank you so much for checking this out. We'll try to get you some content and things today to kind of get you through. Again, hopefully things back to normal uh, later this week. We hope it is tomorrow, um, you know, at some point. And we'll hopefully be able to get you that announcement. But we're hoping as soon as possible to get back to uh, to normal things. And we thank you again for your patience. Thank you for, for loving the station and the shows and all the guys as well. A couple of other things to hit, and we'll get to NBA stuff for tonight. This official news about Texas and Oklahoma, in case you missed it, over the weekend, it became official on Friday that Texas and Oklahoma are indeed going to the SEC July 1st of 2024. Uh, Also, that story that Jay Hartzell, president at UT, is going to SEC meetings on May 30th to kind of, you know, chill out and develop some relationships. And he won't have a vote on anything, but I'm really interested in some of their votes and discussions. I hope by the end of this month, we actually start to hear things about scheduling eight conference games or nine conference games. How are you going to set it up? Who will be the teams that you play every year? Are they going to go with that 3-6 format that we've talked about? All of that, I think, starts to happen, hopefully, later this month. Uh, We'll keep our ears peeled. And Longhorn fans and Sooner fans uh, have to be thrilled, uh, even more thrilled that they're getting out of the Big 12 after hearing some of these crazy Brett Yormark ideas for what he wants to do in the league, although he's following other sports that have gone to this area. Here's where I'll be the old man. When he says he's going to Mexico City, that makes total sense to me, and playing games internationally could be a big thing, but this whole thing about more broadcast ideas, it's just not something I'm into. Maybe you guys are into it, and you can obviously let us know as we roll through shows and stuff, but doesn't appeal to me. Uh, Watching these spring football leagues like I have, I don't care about interviews during games. I just don't. I don't care about a player at the bench. I don't like baseball coaches talking to me in the middle of a game. Baseball players, I don't care. I just don't care. Every once in a while you get something out of it, but I don't care. Now, if you want to mic guys up and get natural reactions later and do kind of an NFL films vibe, that I approve of. But Brett Yormark, to actually say out loud that he wants a coach interviewed live while a play is going on, first off, I don't think that's what he meant. I think he meant he wanted them mic'd up. That's two different things. But if they're going to try that idea, then it's just really stupid. Pre-game and post-game and all that, we've got so much access already. So I don't know how much of that needs to be added. But if I was a Texas fan or an Oklahoma fan, I would be extra thrilled that I'm headed to the SEC because the big... Big 12 is going to try all kinds of stuff to stay relevant, and you don't want to be a part of that because you're Texas and you're Oklahoma. You are already relevant. Let's get back to some NBA stuff. I'll get you a little crap bag, and we will roll out of here. But uh, first off, let's go to tonight. The two games tonight, everything is TNT. How about Knicks and Miami? Heat have gone up to one because Jimmy Butler hung 28, and the Knicks really didn't show up. Let's get a breakdown of that and a preview of tonight from Isaiah Collier. Tonight, Game 4, Miami versus the Knicks. Miami took care of the Knicks in Game 3 to take a 2-1 lead with Jimmy Butler coming back, and that was huge for Eric Spolstra's heat. You know, Jimmy Butler, he just gives that team so much confidence. And you look at Miami in Game 2, without Butler, they played the Knicks really hard. They took them to the very end, and the Knicks, they had to really take care of those heat because even with the role players from Gabe Vincent to Max Shrew, 
Cruz, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, all of those guys have played meaningful games and they're not scared of the moment. And I always talk about Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra and that Miami front office. They're as good as it gets in the association of finding players, whether they draft them, whether they're undrafted and bringing them in the South Beach and developing them. And they've done that and they've done that better than anybody in the league. And that's what's winning them games. You know, you look at the Knicks, those guys have way more talent. Tom Thibodeau's team, they have more talent. Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, all of these guys were big time five-star players coming out of high school. Then in the college, they were all one-and-dones. You know, most of them, Quentin Grimes, he had his little time with the Houston, with the Houston Cougars and Kelvin Sampson, but he was a five-star player coming out. Gabe Vincent, Strews, Duncan Robinson, those guys aren't. So coaching has been big. Development has been big. And Julius Randle, Bam Adebayo, that is a bad matchup for Julius Randle right now. He has to be better. I don't know if it's because he's not 100%. Remember, he did tweak his angle in game five of that Cavalier series. So he is not 100%, but nobody's 100% at this time. So how can you really say that? But his 10 points, that's not going to cut it. He is an all-star player. He has to be better. And shout out to Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is making him work. He's making him work on the other end. Kevin Love is making him work. Even though he only had four points, he was plus 12 in the plus or minus. So he's doing all the right things just by being tough, getting rebounds. Jimmy Butler, you know what he's going to bring to the table. His confidence, his cockiness, him being able to knock down mid-range shots. Then stepping out and knocking down threes you know that's huge it's just he's an absolute problem and they're gonna need more for Julius Randle if you're a New York Knicks fan that's really it I mean Jalen Brunson of course he has to be better going seven from 20 from the field with only 20 points that's not very efficient RJ Barrett he has to be better the lefty five for 16 14 points that's not gonna cut it either Josh Hart he's playing a ton because he has to guard Jimmy Butler, I think he's flat out exhausted and people forget Quentin Grimes started a lot of the playoffs before he had that shoulder injury and then they put Hart in the lineup so things have been a little different. I think you might have to go back to Quentin Grimes more and see what happens. Emmanuel quickly tweaked his ankle in that game. Will he be able to be available for game four? I don't know but if he's not, you got a former MVP on that bench that's not getting any clock in Derrick Rose and I know he's way far from that MVP version of Derrick Rose but him being a guy, just the basketball IQ, like he could still move a little bit. I think Derrick Rose could come in and provide you a little something, just a spark that they definitely need. But in game three, losing by 19 points, that is not good. Tom Thibodeau, you got to get back in the lab. Mitchell Robinson, you got to be way better. Two points, only 14 minutes. That is just awful. You're too valuable. You're too big. You're too good defensively. When guys like Jimmy Butler drive, they need players like Mitchell Robinson to muck things up down low to contest shots even if you're not blocking shots all the time just contest them just being in the area making guys second guess but that's very difficult to do when you have so many shooters on the perimeter when Jimmy Butler drives like Vincent and Shrews and Robinson and Kevin Love and even Kyle Lowry is knocking down shots it makes it so difficult to help or even try to help and with the way Jimmy Butler's cooking even with that uh, ankle injury in game one he looked 100% 
100% in game three. So in order for the Knicks to come and win this game four, they're going to need their big three to be a lot better in Brunson, Bear, and Randall. If those guys are better, then it gives the Knicks a better chance. Only 86 points for the Knicks. Obviously, they've got to be a lot better tonight. Huge games tonight where you've got the home team trying to keep the home court advantage that they stole and go up 3-1. We'll see if Miami can do that. That's TNT 630. TNT 9 o'clock. Oh, boy. Golden State. And the Lakers, how about what the Lakers did to Golden State in that game three? Whipped them by 30 to break that down and preview tonight's massive matchup. Here he is again, Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Warriors-Lakers, game four coming up. Game three goes the Lakers' way. 2-1, Lakers lead. Big-time game from Anthony Davis, who had 25 points, four blocks, three steals, three assists, 13 rebounds. He did a little bit of everything except sell popcorn at Crypto Arena on Saturday night. Shout-out to Darvin Ham for the adjustments that he made. A lot of the time we saw in games one and two, Jared Vanderbilt guarding Steph Curry. Well, we saw Austin Reeves guarding Steph Curry. It's not that Austin Reeves is a better defender than Vanderbilt, but with the way that the Warriors play, the pick and rolls, the switching, if Vanderbilt's on Draymond and Draymond goes and sets a screen on Austin Reeves, who's guarding Steph Curry, and those guys switch, now the matchup is what they want. It's Austin Reeves now guarding Draymond, which you're not too afraid of, and then it's your best defender, Vanderbilt guarding Steph Curry, instead of if Vanderbilt was guarding Curry originally and gotten screened, then Steph Curry would have gotten the mismatch. So Darvin Ham, he was terrific doing that. LeBron guarded Andrew Wiggins. I thought that was very smart. And having Jermichael Green being guarded by Anthony Davis so Anthony Davis could help and move around and do different things, that was huge too. So I thought it caught the Warriors off guard and now they got to get back to the basics. Clay Thompson, he has to be game two Clay Thompson because we know Steph is is still going to get a whole lot of attention and both greens combined for four points. Jermichael two, Draymond two. Unacceptable. Can't happen. And you know, that's that was the key to the game. LeBron started off very slow getting everybody involved because in game two, he started off fast and nobody else got a rhythm. D'Angelo Russell was amazing in that first quarter. He really set the tone, and a lot of that was due to LeBron allowing him to set the tone. That's kind of, I think, how the Lakers have to go about the rest of the playoffs if they want to win. LeBron, year 20, age 38, he can't have the ball in his hands throughout the game, and you expect him to change the game offensively and defensively. If he plays off the ball and he picks his spots, then Overall, his game's going to thrive. You saw him hustling, getting those blocks on Jordan Poole, deflecting the ball out of bounds on four-court passes. He's able to give you different energy because other guys are able to work, like D'Angelo Russell, who ended up with 21 points. Austin Reeves has to come along. He had a couple of buckets, finished with 10 points, but two of eight, I think him chasing around Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, that's taking a little bit of his legs away, especially in his first real playoff uh, run. So he's going to have to get used to that. The Lakers are going to need more from Rui Hachimura. Dennis Schroeder was good and hit some big time threes, especially in that second half. And what Dennis Schroeder is providing defensively, full court with Steph Curry or whoever's bringing the ball up the court has been huge to the Lakers' success.
success. I don't expect that to change one bit. He has a really good motor. Dennis Schroeder is a solid backup in the association. So moving on to game four. Draymond's going to have to be better. He's going to have to be a lot better like he was in game two, being aggressive, attacking, driving to the hole, dunking, creating for other guys. And then Steph Curry is going to have to pick his spots again. Like, and then... Again, I thought game three was all about Darvin Ham out coaching Steve Kerr. All the rings Steve Kerr has from his playing days to his coaching days, he got out coached, point blank period. Darvin Ham came in the game three, made the right adjustments defensively, and the Warriors, they couldn't take advantage of that. So now moving into game four, them being able to watch their mistakes in game three, see what they could do better, see how they could attack more. I'm going to look for Andrew Wiggins. You got to go at Braun. You have to. And I, Andrew Wiggins is going to have to go at Braun. He's going to have to show that Andrew Wiggins that we saw last year in the finals versus the Boston Celtics. And if he does that, then I look for the dubs to get the win in game four going back to the Bay. Yeah, I can't wait for tonight. If the pattern holds, we're going to see Anthony Davis play bad. Golden State will play good, and it will be to all. This Anthony Davis stuff is unbelievable. The back and forth where he's really good in odd games, and then on those even games, it just falls apart. It comes down to aggression. I've heard people use that word for him and James Harden. I think it's a good point. When they're aggressive, it feels like the teams are very different. When they seem a little more lackadaisical and they pull back a little, it doesn't work as well. We'll see how things roll. Incredible to watch the beginning of that last game where LeBron James literally doesn't take a shot through like the first quarter or so, just bides his time, he's patient, and they still win by 30. That was incredible because they were down at the end of the first quarter and you're thinking, come on, LeBron, you got to get going, you got to get going. Eventually, he knew what he was doing and they win it by 30. All right, so there's some good NBA stuff for you. Thanks to Zay for getting that stuff to me today so we could throw this together. Real quick, let's get you a crap bag because, you know, there's stuff in my head. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. There we go, and I'll give a shout-out to AV Consultations and all of our great partners for being patient with us uh, during this crazy weekend and uh, and hopefully a, just a day or so. Uh, but thanks to, to them. They are your normal sponsor for, uh, for the crap bag. And UFC 288, a big part of the weekend for me. Uh, I enjoyed the Bilal Muhammad-Gilbert Burns fight, although kind of a sadness there. Gilbert Burns took the fight on short notice, um, and he was hurt, and then he gets hurt during the fight. So that didn't end up being a terrific fight. Easy, uh, not easy, but a, a definite win. I agree with the unanimous decision for Muhammad there. He's an interesting guy to watch at 170. I think he maybe he gets a title shot coming up pretty quick. Speaking of title shots, Aljamain Sterling keeps his belt, and I am one that agrees with this decision. I didn't think it needed to be a split decision either. He beat Henry Cejudo. There are certain guys that just get the judges excited, that they get credit for stuff other fighters don't get credit for, and I just think Cejudo's one of those guys. Uh, one of my favorites of all time in the UFC, Diego Sanchez was one of those guys. He could just throw five wild punches and get credit for it because the crowd reacted, and somehow the judges bought into that. Uh, I thought this was a 3-2 or 4-1 in rounds victory for Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling. I was really impressed with Sterling and his control of Cejudo just because you've had belts in the past 
past. That doesn't mean you have the belt now. So Hudo needed to take the belt from Sterling, and I did not think he did that. So that's three defenses for Sterling. Uh, I thought it was a really uh, a really entertaining fight, and I thought Sterling was clearly better. Uh, in terms of the other action over the weekend, crap bag-wise, uh, Kentucky Derby was kind of interesting. Mage wins the race. Uh, our local connection confidence game came in 10th, but everything is kind of clouded over by the horses that were killed over the weekend at Churchill Downs. That sport continues to deal with all of that. I think it's seven horses that were euthanized at Churchill Downs. It's a story that follows that sport uh, pretty much everywhere it goes nowadays. Uh, Also on the crap bag side, Kentucky Derby, uh, the longest running sporting event out there, or the longest running, you know, uh, sports event out there. But one of those other long running events, the dog show, y'all know I'm into the Westminster dog show. They've moved it around so much. It's tonight and tomorrow for you dog show freaks like me. Fox Sports 1 is where that's going to happen. 6.30 tonight, 6.30 tomorrow is that. Uh, And again, we've got uh, NBA tonight. Everything's on TNT. 6.30 for the New York-Miami game and 9 o'clock for uh, the Lakers and Golden State. And that is uh, everything on TNT tonight. Also, one other programming note. Again, no local shows today. We've got the network running for you today. There will be a podcast version of Soccer Matters of sorts. we got Glenn Davis breaking down the Austin FC action from over the weekend. That will be posted at 7 o'clock um, on this Monday night. So we'll get that posted. Glenn's thoughts on Austin FC. We are sorry we're unable to bring you the normal version of Soccer Matters. Hopefully by next week we will be able to to do that. Again, just reiterating, we want to thank the listeners. We want to thank all of our great partners and clients. And we, and I want I want to thank uh, my coworkers and, uh, and the folks in the office trying to figure things out and, and get things back uh, the way they need to be. Uh, so we just thank everybody for their patience. We hope everybody had a great weekend and uh, we look forward to getting things back to normal as soon as as possible before we uh before we wrap it up how about uh, a little why today matters shout out to sinus and snoring specialists and again all of our great partners out there for making it possible for you every day uh just a couple of quick notes for you here it's national coconut cream pie day so go grab you some coconut cream pie yesterday was lemonade day along with roast leg of lamb so go get you a little bit of that never understood why the mint jelly thing happened but it is kind of tasty if you've never done the combo there in terms of birthdays today would have been don rickles 97th birthday so for all you hockey pucks out there don rickles would have had a birthday alex van halen the drummer for van halen is 70 today. That makes me feel old. Bill Cower, former uh, coach of the Steelers and great broadcaster now, 66 years old. And if you don't know the old school for Bill, it's NC State. Remember those stories about when he retired and his girls were going to NC State? Yep, that's his alma mater too. Uh, The alma mater for Ronnie Lott is USC. 64 today for Ronnie Lott. By the way, shout out to Bronny James who made the choice to go to USC in the last few days. I know we'll be talking about that coming up. We'll get Zay's thoughts on it once we get back to normal shows in in the studio, Ronnie Lott, USC, and of course the legendary story about take part of my finger off so I can keep playing football. Also today, the 48th birthday of Enrique Iglesias, who may be a part of the hottest famous couple of my lifetime, Enrique Iglesias and Anna Kornikova. I think they're still together and they've had children. Talk about the genetic 
Lottery. And yesterday, there's three birthdays I need to mention for you Longhorn fans. Yesterday was Earl Thomas's 34th birthday, one of the great defenders in UT history and obviously a part of that Legion of Boom defense. Shout out to Earl Thomas. Shout out to the memory of the great Owen Hart for you pro wrestling fans. There's just about nothing more tragic in all of the history of pro wrestling than Owen Hart and the circumstances around his death. If you have not seen that dark side of the ring, I warn you going in, but it is a uh, an incredible story. Rest in peace to the great Owen Hart. Would have been 58 yesterday. And yesterday, one of my favorite singer-songwriters of all time and uh, probably my favorite country singer-songwriter of all time when it comes to the state of Texas, and that would be the great Terry Allen. He was 80 years old yesterday. I hope Terry is doing well. I hope he is still able to get out there and show people just what he can do. He is one of the coolest, most original, most don't-give-a-damn kind of guys ever, and I do love me some Terry Allen. So if you haven't gotten yourself hooked onto that Amarillo Highway or uh, the great Joe Bob or some of the other great uh, Terry Allen stuff, go dig back through it. There's really not that many albums out there in totality, but some of the stuff is just amazing. So happy birthday to Terry Allen yesterday as well. All right. Uh, we're trying to take our minds off of it today by giving you a little bit of content. And again, we hope things are back to normal very quickly. We appreciate you checking out the podcast today. Uh, and again, keep social media going. We'll get you the updates. Keep following all the guys on social media, the station on social media, and uh, we will hopefully get back to normal very, very soon. We hope you guys are happy. Having a great Monday, had a great Monday, depending on when you're listening to this. And again, great action tonight in the NBA with that Miami game at TNT on TNT at 6:30 and the Lakers at 9 on TNT. Miami and the Lakers trying to keep the home court they stole, or can Golden State and New York get it back? and make it to all, and then head back to their place for crazy game fives. We will see tonight. Everybody have a good, safe one on this Monday, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to you from the studio tomorrow or very soon. See ya!